Well, it's great to see you guys today. Great to be with you on our Sermon Recap podcast. Here we are, guys. Good to see y'all this morning. We are here. Had a good weekend. We're all here. We're doing well. Ready to face another week, but just want to spend a little time talking about this weekend. Yep. It was good. Okay. And we're done. (laughs) Choose joy. Choose joy. (laughs) We are choosing joy. (laughs) No, uh, good kickoff to a brand new series. Uh, with this idea of choosing joy and focusing in on uh, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi and uh, what that means. And I guess a good place to start is is that why why this series now? What was uh, what was it that compelled you? Do you feel like that, hey, man, it's a good time for us to dive in and go through Philippians and the idea of helping to challenge people to choose joy based off of what all's going on around them? Sometimes it just comes down to where God has me in the Bible that I'm yep. reading and gleaning from and something that leaps up in my heart that it's time, you know. Um, I believe a preacher needs to preach things that are really on their heart at the moment, mm-hmm. you know. I've never been good at taking a sermon or a, a topic or something that's been handed to me and preaching it. It has to be really alive in my heart at that moment sure. before it works. If, you know, I could I could take a great sermon that somebody else wrote for another time and try to deliver it, and it would be flat as a pancake, you know, because it's got to be alive for you. And Philippians has just been really uh, in my heart a lot lately. Yeah. That's good. I know I, you had mentioned, you know, uh, kind of setting up this message as well for setting up this series, the idea that, just in the context of life, people, yeah, a lot of people that we talk to feel like, man, there's just so many different things that are coming at them. Sorry, that's the answer you're trying to get me to. <laughs> that's the right one, too. Sorry. I quit, no. I quit mid-answer on you there. Yeah, You're like, hey, but yes, I realize God's giving you messages to preach. I'm not asking you to preach something God's not giving you. <laughs> Why don't you just write down, Greg, what you want my answers to be, and, and I'll give them to you, okay? No, for real. <laughs> for real, um, it truly is, I guess I've ruined it now, but uh, it truly is a time when people need that, for real. People need to know uh, joy in the middle of trials. I mentioned it yesterday or the, over the weekend. of So, so many people that are going through things, just multiple fronts that are coming against them, you know. And, and I've, I said this yesterday, if you think that I'm talking about you, I am, and, and 15 other people. Right. And I'm not exaggerating that. So many people are coming saying, Pastor, I feel like I'm getting attacked here, 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 and here. Yeah. And it's so easy in the middle of that just to lose your joy. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to just really call us back to that because, again, we said it. Paul's in a really rough circumstances when he a circumstance when he wrote this book, and uh, that's a, a key part of Philippians that if you don't study it, you don't get it. You don't always yeah. realize through reading it. I mean, Paul says there that he's in chains and. So easy just to skip over that and not realize what's happening there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've often wondered about that. Like, would it really be a good book about joy if he hadn't been in prison? I don't, it wouldn't have been as real, you know. It's yeah. just so real. His circumstance makes the book come to life. That's why it's important to study the Bible deeply, find out who wrote it, when it was written, what the circumstances were on its writing, you know, where was the author, who was his audience. You know, there's so much about Philippians to know. Paul had this incredibly, and we hit some of this over the weekend, this incredibly close relationship with him. Uh, You know, and he did with the Ephesians as well, and and there were others. But 
the Philippians, he said, I have you in my heart. They, they were just, uh, he loved them. He poured out his love on them in a way that was just pretty incredible. Yeah. And, and understanding all that background really helps you get the message of the book. It's important when you study a book of the Bible to know the author, the circumstance, and the audience, and the time. You, you really need to delve into what that book meant to them mm -hmm. to properly interpret what it means for us today. Yep. You really do. Yeah. You need to ask yourself about the Philippian church and where they were and what they were experiencing and, and read the book through that lens. So that's good. It's what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do. Now you I can, you can take it and run with it. Uh, and again, I said this, but in the prep for this message, I was really kind of back and forth on how I was going to approach it and, and exactly how to put it to people and how to apply it. And I remember just on Thursday before I was going to preach that night, it's like I just rearranged everything mm -hmm. just to flow with what Paul said right? and not what Andy wanted to make out of it. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so that's important for preachers. I, I know we have some preachers listening. I think it's important that that you don't just craft a good sermon that all just fits together. And at the end, they say, wow, that was really good. He worked hard on that. And it was so clear and concise and all that stuff's good but sure if you don't get to the heart of what the scripture is actually saying you miss something something big you had uh, you had quoted scripture with with this statement when uh when once again kind of kind of prepping uh as we were going through this idea of, of walking getting ready to walk through this part of philippians um the joy of the lord is by strength yeah, um, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong on this one. Please feel free to. I think David said it uh, originally uh, in that. I don't. I don't know that 100. It was Nehemiah. It was Nehemiah. Yeah. Okay, my man. Yeah. Sorry, Nehemiah. Missed, missed that one up on. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> he's watching. Yeah, he's. Yeah, there you go. David certainly knew that. I'm trying to think. Did David? He may not say have said. He may not have said that. I guess it's possible he said it as well. I could be missing that, but uh, well, I'm going to go with your knowledge on that more so than mine. So uh, let's go. Let's go with Nehemiah on that one. The idea, though, they will figure that out. <laughs> look it up. Everybody, go look it up right now. No. Um, but that statement, "The joy of the Lord is my strength." In in twenty twenty three, I don't know how often I reflect upon that idea about the joy that comes from knowing Him, the joy that comes from Him. That's what gives me strength. Now, there's a lot of other things out there that I look to to be my strength, but it's not not joy. Why do you think it's so important for us today? in the circumstances and times that we live in, why I think it's so uh, uh, so necessary for us to realize that and to live that out. If you jump back to Nehemiah, I think it's Nehemiah 8 where that is. Um, if you jump back to Nehemiah, he was in a, in a situation where he saw the incredible decline of everything that he loved. Hmm. Um, he looked at Jerusalem. He's actually serving in the court of a, foreign king and the news came to him i think it was his brother somebody brought the news that of jerusalem there was you know trying to rebuild mm. the walls of the city you know some had gone back to try and deal with the temple and rebuild that the walls of the city were lying in ruins and it just gripped his heart something gripped his heart that he wanted to rebuild so nehemiah goes back and Basically, through a miracle of God, the king pays for it, you know, right. for him to go back, lets him go, provides him with uh, 
provides him with the connections to get mm-hmm. the materials and all kinds of stuff happen there. And so um, it's it's in that context that Nehemiah said that. And I think that's true of us in a lot. We've seen some things that we loved kind of decline. Uh, it feels like we've lived it through a time of some decline in our nation's history, you know. And uh, it's so easy to lose sight of your joy in the midst of all that. It really is. Mm. And I think uh, people struggle with that. You know, we live in times it's really tough economically right now. Right. People are paying a lot for food and for gas and for rent, you know, and and, uh, and it's just a tough time to live in. And then you've got the constant barrage of bad news all the time. We hear bad news from every corner. Yep. And you, if you watch the news, which I would, I, I encourage people to severely limit that, you just see a lot of people in the public realm just acting like middle schoolers, yeah. you know, on both sides. It's like there's no reason, there's no there's no real conversation. I guess we're getting off in areas maybe that don't help people, but, but it's so easy to just watch that and get so discouraged. Yes. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's, if I, it, I can turn on the news and think, oh, my goodness, what is going on? Are we even having intelligent conversations anymore, or are we just throwing stuff at each other? Mm-hmm fighting like on the playground. You know, it feels that way. And it's so easy in that just to lose your joy. But I've said this many times, whatever your diet is, whatever you're putting into yourself is what's going to determine your your mental state and your outlook on life. Right. If you're willing to sit there and watch that garbage over and over again, you're just going to be mad and angry. And and that's why so many people are. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the media today fuels anger. You know, if you want to put up a video that's going to get a million views, it's going to be something like so-and-so gets owned by so-and-so. There's a lot of that up there. You know, mm-hmm. this, uh, if you're conservative or liberal, whatever you are, it's the other side gets owned by this. Right. And somebody just gets cut off with this brilliant argument. And you're like, yeah. For me, I won't speak for everybody. For me, I, I like that kind of thing too. Sure. But something goes wrong in my heart when I watch that. Yeah. Something goes wrong. It's like, yeah, get them. And, and, and it fuels my anger. Yeah. Instead, I've learned to get away from all that. Mm. I've learned to be less informed, consequently less misinformed, I think. And I've learned to really hang on to the truth and the joy of Jesus and to stay in the word more than I'm in the news. And I don't say that with any sense of moral superiority, but I've honestly just turned that off and gotten in the word. I I could not live. I couldn't lead. I couldn't take people in a good place at all if I didn't do that. And I think that goes back to the idea of choosing joy Mm -hmm. because you could easily choose to scroll through all those videos for hours and <laughs> choose anger or choose lost, whatever yeah. the reaction it. is you know i've done it but go no not today you know yeah yeah you just have to sometimes just step back and really examine your life and what you're doing and not go down the rabbit hole it's so easy to go down and just be intentional about what your mental diet's going to be it's good that is part of choosing joy it is the um, one of the overarching statements that you had mentioned uh, this weekend in the message was the idea that our joy is not dependent on our on our circumstances, um, and that and you I think you drew the 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 difference there between joy and happiness that 
there are certain things that happen in our in our life and they make us happy certain things that uh, make us sad or upset or whatever but but that joy isn't necessarily dependent upon uh, isn't dependent upon our circumstances but it is uh, it comes from a relationship with Christ uh, I think it's a strong determination that we got the difference that we got to draw a line between there about joy and happiness when it comes to choosing joy it totally joy is absolutely independent of circumstances the Bible says that I've seen it in my life I've seen it in countless lives of people who the joy of the Lord sprung up in their lives in terrible circumstances mm-hmm. it almost stands out it does stand out more in terrible circumstances so it's just not connected to that but joy is more of an abiding thing than it is a an instant thing you know we we tend to like things that are just instant you know I, I, I get the hit of dopamine through watching this video or doing whatever I want to do we want those instant hits joy is not like that it's something abiding that is over time and it's something you walk in and live in it's not a hit happiness comes as kind of a hit sometimes and unhappiness follows right behind it is another hit it's an up and down it's a roller coaster joy is steady that's good you like that by way is steady We kept going through the through the message, and you talked about you know three specific ways uh, that our joy grows. Our joy grows when we pray with others, when we serve with others, and when we stand uh, with others. Uh, I was thinking about just just my experiences as you were as you were talking this weekend, and kind of just reviewing the times that I've seen joy grow in my own life. I mean, I, I can certainly see some examples of where that of where that took place. Um, the serving with others really. Uh, really grabbed a hold of me though because when I start thinking about how my faith has grown I don't know that there are more things that have helped my faith grow than when it came to serving others or serving with others there's just something about locking arms with somebody and doing something that helps other people that allows uh, that that allows me to uh, to experience that joy it's incredible when we're all around and the team is together sometimes i just look around the room and say you know god's using us together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i've got some perspective now sure i'm getting more and more i've been in pastoral ministry uh 29 years now and uh here at upward for 20 going on 26 and uh you get some perspective over what really brings joy and you know the church is pretty good sized church now it's you know more than 10 times what it was when we started that doesn't bring me joy. It really doesn't. Yeah. The attendance numbers are great. That honestly doesn't bring me joy. The the financial numbers are great. And and all that's good. And, sure. and it's certainly I want that to continue. And the lack of it can certainly bring pain. <laughs> but with the perspective I have, I can honestly say the greatest joy that I have right now in Upward is you guys and the team that is with us. The guys right here in this room and the uh, men and women on our team, the volunteers. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had our volunteer appreciation event uh, last week. And, and I remember standing on the stage and, and calling our team up there, the staff team, and then had, you know, a few hundred volunteers out there in the room. That was, to me, that's one of the best moments I've had in pastoral ministry, you know far overshadows a big Easter. You know, Easter, we broke our attendance record, and that was cool. Yeah. But standing there on that stage with you guys and looking at y'all and the volunteers, that was joy. Hmm. 
for me. It really was. We did this together. Right. And, I, and, and in saying all that, obviously, I always want to say, Jesus, <laughs> yes. I've been in church long enough. <laughs> that you gotta, yeah. It's just true. <laughs> Jesus, obviously, is the, yes. he's building his church, right. you know, and we're helping. We're, I don't even know if we could say we're helping. We're partnering with him in whatever <laughs> way he lets us. He's letting us help. Exactly. <laughs> but whatever is done, we have a part in it, and we did it together. Right. And that means more to me than, uh, than sometimes all we got done is the fact we did it together. Yeah, I mean, I even think of Easter. It's like we always add at least a service. We add a practice to try to get everything together. We meet earlier so we can get, the, you know, we do all these things, but then, like, you get there and you go, oh, it's going to be such a long day or whatever. But then you're with your people. It's like your family. You've built in, even though, yeah, you'll be tired at the end of the day, you've built in joy. Like, you can't help but leave with that joy. I try to tell people... In, in ministry and in leadership build a team of people that you love and people you want to do life with and do ministry with and enjoy that and build that team and uh, don't make it all about the results right at the end of the day when it's all said and done you know uh, 20 years from now I'll likely be retired you know and put me at about 75 I guess Maybe not. I'll, I'll go on as long as God wants me to. 20 years from now, I'm not going to look back on all that. I'm going to look back on y'all and say, man, what a team. People miss this sometimes too. And I'm going to say this. Ministry people miss this by jumping on the next greatest opportunity that comes along. I know pastors that are always looking for another opportunity in another place. And uh, I know church people who are always looking for a church that's doing a little better or maybe the cooler place to be or they have this or they have that. There is something to be said. I said before, joy abides. To really find joy, you need to do some abiding yourself mm. and stay somewhere. Yeah. I, I believe that. I, I believe pastors need to stay longer than they typically do in our day. And I believe people need to stay in their church through the rough times. Every church has its seasons where it's just soaring, right. and then its seasons where it's struggling. Every church does. Upward does, too. Absolutely. You know, we're in a season right now where we're soaring. We will go through another season where we're struggling. And there's always a church down the road that's soaring while you're struggling and vice versa. And there are always people who always want to be on the church in the church when it's on the upswing. We've been through some times when we never went through really decline, but we went through real challenges and plateaus and bumpy seasons mm -hmm. when we hurt inside. Sticking it out through those things gets you to a place of this incredible joy. You know, it really does. And it gets you off of yourself, too. Really I mean, does. and I know you talked about that yesterday and entering into that suffering. I, not, I don't know if I want to call bumpy times in church suffering, but... Kind of going through that. It can feel like it's being sometimes. In, you know, being it in the trenches. It definitely is. It definitely is. <laughs> okay, so we times. do want to call it that. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would. Sometimes bumpy times in church is suffering because, you, it, it, yeah, you know, your heart gets hurt and uh, people come, people go. It's not always pretty. It's really not. But, you know, the, the counterintuitive part of that message yesterday that I really struggle with, but it's there. You read it, it's there in Philippians 1. 
to find joy, you enter into the service and the sufferings of others. When you pray for people, you enter into their sufferings. Mm -hmm. Paul said that of them, you know, in as much he said it both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers with me of grace. King James said of my grace. Mm -hmm. He's saying you suffered with me, now you get to walk in my grace that God's given me. And he's writing from a place of you know, what most would say is suffering. <laughs> I mean, he, he's writing from, I mean, there is a there is a sense in which he's suffering right now as well as he's writing this. So, I mean, and then he's still, once again, coming out with that with that message of joy to kind of go back to what you're talking about. Does it mean as much if he's not imprisoned from this? Probably, probably not, because it's easy to write about this right, when yeah. you're, <laughs> when the, it's easy to write about it when the church is yeah. soaring, right? It's a good three-point sermon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, let's all jump in here, but when you, enter into the suffering of others when you're writing from a place of suffering man there is but you can still talk about joy and experience joy yeah there's something powerful in that it's real yeah i'm thinking to the uh what one of the star wars movies one of the older ones when uh, ray and finn are getting in the millennium falcon there and han solo's in there mm -hmm. you remember the place where he says uh it's all true yes yes <laughs> it's all true yes <laughs> I'm not quite that old yet. But that the Force Awakens? I think that's what that was. One of them. Yeah, I think so. Uh, man, I could just tell people, all this stuff we've talked about, it's all it's true. true. It's all real. Yeah. It really yeah. is. The joy of the Lord is so real. I'm not saying that because I'm supposed to to make this podcast or some sermon series work. It is true. It's real. It's good. I like it. All right. Well, it's been good. We went down some paths, but I guess that's why you're watching us because if you're still here, we do that fairly often. Love y'all so much. Uh, next week's going to be fun. We're going to explore another part of joy next week and a couple weeks beyond that and are excited. And thank you so much. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.